The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to today's show and as always I've got an amazing guest for you Andy Pancho, Andrew Pancholi. I've known him since 2006 and I'm really looking forward to our discussion which is all based on patterns. Now I was out in the garden this morning I was out quite early and I was cutting uh, shrubs and weeding and one of the things that you notice is that there are patterns in everything. Nature has a pattern in terms of the seasons in terms of the, the way in which seeds are arranged, leaves are arranged, and we have patterns. And sometimes our patterns are very constructive and empowering and helpful, and other times they are quite the opposite. Working with many clients, one of the things that I have recognized is that most people are completely oblivious to the patterns that they demonstrate on a day-by-day -day basis. And I'll give you an example. I was having lunch with someone very recently and they were talking about their partner and how he had a certain way of behaving when he was stressed and how that then irritated her. And as we were talking, I would smile to myself, not at the situation, but in helping her recognize that there were patterns of behavior, it was then possible for her to think about, well, I can't change his pattern, but I can change my pattern of responses. We've talked a lot in this show about you becoming the journalist of your own life, really taking notice of the patterns that happen in your life. And in doing so, you then move from unconsciously habitually behaving to behaving in a way that is conscious and gives you the opportunity to take radical responsibility for your actions, your words, your, 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 your way of being, your emotions or not. But if you're not aware of the patterns then, and they're happening habitually, then there's really nothing that you can do. So being aware of your patterns in your daily life gives you choice and it gives you the opportunity to change things. Because although you can't change someone else, when you change what you do, inevitably that has an impact on the other person. Have a look at the patterns in your own life and think about the people that you spend time with and how those patterns impact on the way in which you behave and react to them. And in turn, how that has an impact on how they respond to you. But, you know, I was talking to Andrew a, a few weeks ago and we actually set uh, things up for him to become a guest on the show. And what became clear is that he works with much bigger patterns, patterns of history. Um, 
And, you know, he talks about the modern day revolution. We're going to be talking about that after the break and how that's tied. The modern day events are tied in to patterns which repeat themselves over time through history. But in microcosm, in your life, in your family, I bet there are patterns of behavior, of emotion, of thinking, which mean that there are sequences of events that could have been predicted if you had been aware of your pattern. And not only could have they have been predicted, but actually they could have been um, avoided because knowing the pattern, you could then have done something different. And for me, the power of understanding patterns, whether they're in the microcosm of your daily life or on the world stage, and be really interested to know what Andrew has to say, is that if we note those patterns, if we are aware of them, then we have the opportunity to choose to do something different. But all too often, people are oblivious to those patterns. And as a result, they behave in a way that doesn't stop things happening or actually makes things worse. Now, one of the things that we do on this show, if you're a regular listener, is that we are very proud members of B1G1, buy one, give one. And the pattern that they are trying to establish is the pattern of giving, the pattern of compassion to those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Now, we um, donate on behalf of our guests, and we'll find out later which project that Andrew wants to donate to. But anybody who um, asks a question of the show or who makes a comment in the live show or through emails afterwards, we will donate on your behalf um, to B1G1. Um, and in doing so, what we're trying to do is to not only make sure that our own pattern of giving is established, but that we also help other people recognize that they can have a pattern of helping other people who are far less fortunate than themselves. Now, in the UK on Friday, we had um, comic relief, and it was an opportunity for people to, um, to give to a whole range of projects. Interestingly, it, people are very often good at the one-offs. You know, there is a crisis and people will donate. That there is um, a, a big ev charitable event and people will donate. But B1G1 tries to establish a very different way of giving and that's to have a pattern of giving. And one of the things that they do is that they encourage uh, businesses to demonstrate how they can have a pattern of good business, but at the same time be helping other people and making a positive difference. So I want you to think about your patterns of giving, your patterns of loving, your patterns of working. You know, do you self-sabotage or do you support yourself in the most positive and constructive way? Do you have a pattern of making excuses when things go wrong or blaming other people? Or do you take total responsibility? Do you have a pattern of neglecting yourself and doing everything for everybody else in order to make you feel better? So as we go through the program, I want you to be really mindful of your patterns. And as we go and spread this out into the world, 
what the world patterns are and how perhaps we can have some impact on those, if any. But do that without judgment. No story about shoulds, must, haven'ts, you know, all of those. It just is. But now you have a choice whether you continue that pattern or whether you're going to move to a different pattern, a different, more constructive pattern. So don't go away. After the break, I shall be very thrilled to uh, introduce Andrew Pancholi to you. So see you in a minute. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there. I'd like to introduce Andrew Pancholi to you. He uses mathematical patterns in past events and helps people to be prepared for what lies ahead by harnessing predictive patterns not just in geopolitics, but also in markets. He's able to forecast forthcoming themes and events. His followers were forewarned of the pandemic as well as the present conflict in the Ukraine. Andrew is the creator of the Market Timing Report and sits on the board of the Foundation for the Study of Cycles set up by the US Presidency. I'm thrilled to be able to introduce Andrew Pancholi to you. Thank you, Gina. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Just give people a, um, a bit of an insight in terms of, of how you come to be doing this, because it's something that most people would find quite unusual. Yes, it's fascinating. Uh, and the more I've looked at it, the deeper I've got into it. And uh, the original start was all the way back uh, as a student when I was studying economics and uh, a phenomenon called the Kondratiev wave came up, which is a 60 year pattern. 
in okay. uh, economics. So I don't want to turn people off by talking about that. But the more I looked into that and questioned that, I found that uh, cycles and repetition of events, both in our personal lives, but also uh, in geopolitics, wars, markets, you know, is, is something that's very powerful. And in, in fact, to tie it in completely with what you were saying in the first part of your show here, understanding that gives us a huge amount of empowerment. And um, we can take that uh, into our personal lives. I think a, a good place to start is, is looking at it personally, where people will probably know of the seven year itch. So, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, this idea that you start a relationship, then seven years on, there may be a challenge and another seven year on, some of seven years on, there may be mm. another, not so necessarily a challenge, but the, the, the particular timeline, the context, the relationship, or if it's about a job or if it's about where you live, the theme changes slightly. So you're obligated to act. So if you know that's coming up, you know, uh, as you said, you know, it's your own personal patterns. And, and, and we know, you know, uh, we, you and I have studied this as, as, as most of the listeners have here, many have, is that if you're going to deploy the same strategy for dealing with your relationship seven years ago, and it's not a positive strategy, then you're going to, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting di different results is the definition of insanity, isn't it? It's my favorite quote. <laughs> And it's all that, you know, and I, it's a quote I use a lot as well. So, so really, th I think that's a way to bring it into context for everybody rather than tell everybody about the Kondratiev wave. But the more I looked into this, uh, the more we found that events repeat in patterns yeah. and uh, there are massive super cycles, sub cycles, and uh, you can take them all the way down to daily cycles, which is what we do with market forecasting. But geopolitical themes follow clear patterns. You know, there, there is uh, a clear series of patterns there. And I mean, we can talk about war cycles. We can talk about the modern day revolution. We can talk about market patterns. You know, you name it. You tell me where we want to start. The modern day revolution is something that, that we spoke very briefly about. And I'd be really interested to explore that because for most people, I suspect that's something that feels very different for them. So what do you yes, mean by like, the, the modern day revolution? So this was something we wrote about back in 2016. And uh, this whole idea that up until that point, the world had been globalizing. Okay, Everybody was working together as a team. The internet brought great opportunities. Companies merged and uh, formed huge multinational corporations that we still see now. You know, we see Amazon, Apple, all yeah. this sort of stuff. And uh, then we got to this point where we found that suddenly Britain was in the uh, realms of Brexit. You know, uh, America had seen uh, a type of leadership that warranted change. And we saw the election of Donald Trump. And, uh, and so this was all uh, something we forecast, because if we look back in history, there is roughly an 82 to 84 year repetitive cycle. And if we take that back one revolution, it takes us back to 1933. And if we go to Germany in 1933, we see the nation was really uh, on its knees economically due to the great reparations placed on it by the, you know, uh, by the, uh, the, the effective victors of the Great War, the First World War. So the people became dissatisfied with uh, Chancellor Hindenburg and, and they offered this guy, Adolf Hitler, 
a, a chance to, to rise up and lead because he thought he would make Germany great again was actually a yes. slogan he used. But we can take this pattern back uh, and, you know, and the rest was history. And, and note how that did follow into war and see, you know, how we're seeing similar patterns. But let's let's stay with that theme for a moment and let's head back the same cycle again. And for historians, you might be familiar with 1848 when Europe saw a whole series of revolutions. And this was based on the work of Karl Marx and his friend Frederick Engels, who wrote the Communist Manifesto. So this was all about workers rise up and break free of your chains. And the basis of this was that uh, Europe, uh, and especially Britain, even Britain had a minor revolution, or, uh, but every country had a revolution in 1848. All these countries had moved from an agrarian agricultural society into the Industrial Revolution. And few were taking advantage of the masses who were working in uh, almost intolerable conditions, or not even almost, you know, actually intolerable yes. conditions. So the rich got super rich mm -hmm. and the poor were poor. And, yes. you know, what are we seeing now with billionaires, mega billionaires? Mm -hmm. But the story doesn't stop there because we can then take that cycle all the way back. And it takes us to the Stamp Act in 1765. And we're over in America now. So right. when you look at this, we see that basically the colony, the colonies were expanding with, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, um, and Britain wants its uh, its taxes from all these yeah. uh, areas. And of course, the settlers are getting fed up of this. So the Stamp Act, which was basically an increase in duties levied upon the American people, really precipitated this swing from 1765 into the Declaration of Independence in, you know, the 4th of July, 1776, and subsequently the Battle of Yorktown, which basically dismissed the British from America. So yeah. you we have these three waves, and those waves together come to around about 250 years. Now, if we double that 250 years back, and we wrote this in 2016, and we were looking at 2017 coming up, we saw that that took us to the year 1517, okay? And, right. Uh, uh, in, on the 31st of October, on what's now Halloween, 1517, right. yeah. Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg, uh, challenged the Pope, thus starting the Reformation. So if we look, we have a 500-year cycle falling towards the back end of the last decade. Then we have these various minor, well, they're not minor, they're, they're roughly 82 to 84 years apart, cycles all coming together. Yeah. So the very end of, uh, of the last decade sees the potential for a religious revolution, geopolitical, you know, sociological revolution, market revolution. Now, that was the other thing. We'll, we'll, I'll show you how the market cycles dub dovetail into this so we were set for revolution there and in fact let me just uh talk to you very uh, briefly you know everybody's familiar with the 1929 crash and there is um uh, yeah. another set of cycles 90 years in the 45 year half cycle so if we take 1929 and uh move forward 90 years that took us to 2019 but if you go back from 1929 90 years that takes you to 1839 and between 1837 to 1842, 
America saw a huge decline. The market sold off over 70 percent in this five year uh, stock collapse. So we, we knew to expect something in 2019. And in fact, the, the top actually came in just six weeks later, which is 4,600, you know, it's six weeks out in 4,600 weeks, where we saw a top round about mid-February, I think it was the 14th, 15th of February, 2020, and the, the stock market sold off around about 34%. So that's uh, how we see all these cycles coming together. So does that, does that answer the first part of it before we go into, uh, that's the modern day revolution that we've seen there? I suppose what strikes me is that the having the facility to see those cycles and to actually recognise those cycles have happened is one thing. But you probably know me well enough to think that I'm always into solution mode. Um, so recognise that these things are happening and the patterns are there. How can we as individuals and collectively, we harness that knowledge to make to break the negative cycles and to uh, increase the capacity to have more positive things happening. So this is all about an empowerment through self-awareness. Okay. Okay. So when we look, um, so I'm going to get a little bit contentious here, but you know, if we go into Wall Street or the, the city in London or whatever, the brokers, or if we look at leaders in other industries, um, mm -hmm farmer always comes up but I, I don't want to point that what i'm really saying is that those in charge tend to control for their own interests that's yeah. the key point okay so and whether it's right or wrong is a different argument i'm just here to highlight patterns mark uh, yeah. and cycles so you know you feel then that self-appointed experts are able to guide you better and you know, many people have seen issues with their savings, pensions, 401ks, you know, and they felt their brokers haven't served them well. So, so the idea is that if you know these patterns are coming up, you know, you can harness this potential to uh, not just become enlightened and, and take, you know, and, and harness your advantage, but you can help lead others. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's very much, you know, like sailing on the high seas, but letting the wave, waves do the hard work and being in sync with the waves, not trying to fight them and risk drowning. Yeah. So that's really the, the, the optimum way of looking at it is that actually realize we're all part of this mm -hmm. uh, massive play of the universe of mathematics. Yeah. You, know, you talked in the opening session about being in the garden, the, the, the petals of the flowers in your garden. Yeah. And my garden here, uh, you know, the, the backyard, as you'd say in, in America, they form set patterns based on Fibonacci sequences. They do indeed. And Fibonacci sequences repeat in time. So in a world where somebody wasn't trying to force something on you, I buy my such and such savings package. I know I'm right. And then something goes wrong. Oh, well, that was a black swan event that nobody could have predicted. There is no such thing as a black swan. It's just a cycle that other people hadn't seen. Yeah. And of course, if you want to control people, i.e. the, I don't want to say the dark forces, the lesser forces, they don't want you to know all this information. You know, no. No. knowledge is power. Yeah. So I think, I hope that answers your question is that by being self-empowered, you know, and uh, you can then harness the stuff, you can lead the way and uh, you can, you can then, tune out of the noise of what everybody else wants where they're trying to overpower you as it were i.e. project their 
thoughts yeah. and aspirations on you? There's a, there's a huge amount in here, but there are a couple of things that I'd like to unpick. One of those is around, I believe that everything we do is a choice, even yeah. not choosing is a choice. And it's often when we don't actively choose that the uh, consequences are most far reaching. And I think what you've highlighted is how people need to take responsibility for asking the question and not assuming that because somebody says I'm an expert, um, that they are an expert in terms of what's right for you. They might be an expert in what's right for them. Um, but I, I, I think for many people, they struggle, particularly around things uh, like you know, dealing with uh, leaders of uh, you know, political leaders, financial leaders, in that their sense is, as a small person, what can I do? You know, I'm stuck with this. And I just wondered whether in terms of people getting accurate, positive information that's in their best interest, what your advice would be. I think it's about validation, which, of course, is hard to do because the media has biases as well. <laughs> so, you know, it's really about, well, is he or she saying something? Do I agree with it? Do I know it's true? Do I, you know... And, you know, let's bring another angle. And we're talking about consciousness and with consciousness comes intuition as well. You know, yeah. what's your gut feeling saying? And, you know, I want to bring the quote in from Henry Ford, which is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't. You're, you're right. right. Yeah. yeah. OK. So so really, you know, it's you know, and, and everything I've just said, it could all be rubbish. Go and validate it for yourself. That's it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not on any agenda here. I just like talking about cycles and you know, very kindly. Yeah. Like, the show so it's really about that but you know i think therein lies uh for you know followers of this show the whole basis that consciousness and where you focus your energy will take yeah. you to the right places right as long as you focus that energy correctly so whether you think you can or whether you think you can't well yeah. if you think the latter you are going to go into other places and be more at the uh, um uh whim of others i think so i think yeah. that there's a that's a part of it i know that isn't answering your question directly but i do believe that this is you know the law of attraction the consciousness the focus and yeah. in, you know your general behavior uh, and thought processes are instrumental in uh, in how you are and, and i don't even want to use the word success because success is a sort of subjective word but you know if, if you if you are where you want to be then you're in a good place I think that's very true. I, I also think there is something here about we have almost been brought up to um, to not think for ourselves, to not question. It's almost in some circles not seen as quite polite to to question people and say, well, you know, you're saying this. Where's your evidence? How, uh, you know, how are you going to substantiate this? And I think one of the challenges is that, you know, you can say anything with data that you want to. Uh, if the data is just presented with none of the, the supporting evidence. Um, but I'd like to then take this into, you talked about, you know, the, the quality of leadership, which is my big beef, and um, you may not be aware, but I have a mission that is to positively impact on a million people through the development of enlightened leadership. Um, and for me, that's about conscious leadership, a leadership with heart, with uh, integrity and where people want to make a positive difference rather than line their own pockets. 
And I wondered in terms of, you know, there have been people through history who have come from that place. My sense check is that we are at a crossroads and there is the opportunity to take a different direction if we choose to. I just wondered what your take on that was and whether there was something within the patterns um, that could in, in some way either support that or um, take us down an avenue that, that may be more enlightening. Wow, well, that's a profound question. There's several aspects to that. Okay. Um, I think, first of all, I, I think the focus of leadership and the full embodiment and respect of people and treat everybody how you expect, uh, how you would like to be treated is the first principle of leadership. Obviously, there's going to be massive authority gradients because not everybody does the same job. Uh, and having said that, I just this has hit me intuitively that uh, I read about a guy who has a business in Seattle who was uh, earning a phenomenal amount and then he put everybody on the same salary. He averaged them all out and it was quite a big salary, $80,000 a year. So the person answering the phone and, and he and he was making millions and they now have them and they said it wouldn't work. And it's mm -hmm. actually become one of the most successful businesses. I can't remember specifically what it does. So there is that as one sort of benchmark. But I think, you know, if you understand patterns, then you see that the, the idea of hiding patterns or understanding patterns to for abuse you know i to use to 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 take advantage of people is is that you don't then want them to see the patterns right absolutely the expert so i think you know if everybody understands the pattern and, and it's a bit like you know it's a bit like let, let's use a nice example say you want to go surfing at the beach you know if if you know the time the good surf is going to be mm. there i.e when the pattern's in play that's the time you want to go there you don't want to go there when the tide's out and the surf's bad. So, yeah. you know, and then let's put that onto a macro level. You know, what hap what, what we've seen in um, society is we've just been through 60 years of general peace and calm and more than that, really. Yes, we've had violence and outbreaks and wars, you know, in various parts, but as the world as a whole. And, and with that has come complacency, also has come self-sufficiency and also uh, abundance, uh, you know, with all the toys and gadgets and you know and everything and that becomes taken for granted so at that point things become more um uh self-focused you know and people lose the collective joint will yeah. and yeah. that's where things start breaking down because uh, a community that has a lack of focus because they are self-engrossed can easily be taken over by somebody uh, with other agendas and they could be positive agendas, but usually not. So, yeah. so, and I think these are the patterns that we talked about the revolutionary cycle, the modern day revolution, there comes a point when people want change. And another nice way of looking at this really is to, to look at the music industry and, you know, we, we can go back and you can see how the disco or well, the sixties era was replaced by the, the disco era, by the punk era and so on, you know, it's a change yeah. theme. People want change, change, and that's roughly the seven-year itch cycle coming in in that industry yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, I think with leadership, it, it, it is difficult, but ultimately, the the one thing with clear leadership is is uh, everybody respecting everybody, and and when that happens, you get enlightened leadership, which is what you do, right? Yeah. Where you get the abuse of people um, by their leaders, you get dissatisfied workforces. And you get, you know, the negative energy starts, the negative yeah. consciousness starts coming in. And that's why those 
mm. you know, that the, the very small proportion of people who do work very positive with their colleagues and subordinates, but all on the same mission, tend to grow and become very successful together because they have a united mm. conscious image of greatness. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing I would say about that is that when there is a toxic relationship between leaders and their workers, they can often create high profitability in the short term. Yes. But in the long term, uh, they lose out because they lose good staff and because many people are ill or are present but not fully present, so productivity goes down. And I know from the number of businesses that I've worked with that when people work in an enlightened way, it becomes a profitable way, profitable in a holistic sense, financially, yes, and of course having a financial bottom line is really, you know, a good one is important, but also well-being, work-life balance, the whole relationships, everything improves. Um, and the bottom line is significantly improved because everybody is actually more productive and working uh, working from the same hymn sheet. So it makes great business sense as well as uh, as being the right thing to do. Well, I think that that therein you know, lies the case. Is it a job or is it your passion? You know, is it your vocation? Because, you know, if you're at a place where you're going in to get a paycheck and really ultimately all you feel is you're benefiting the bosses, you know, for yeah. their big bonuses, then there's nothing in it for you really, is there? You're not, you're not excited about it and you're actually living for for your week for the weekends the evenings your family yeah. or whatever it is you're living for but when you go in and you're following your passion and you're with a team that are also following the passion and everybody's passionate about the joint bigger cause then you're in a great place and i think that's Absolutely. really important and i think you know what i understand probably less than five percent i thought even two percent of people really are passionate about their careers and vocations and I think that's what's really important, you know, is that if we could get more than 2% involved, get it up to 3 then 5 then 10 then we'd have a really sort of progressive society in play. In last week's show with Andrew Miller, we were talking about, you know, um, having a, a sense of passion and purpose in everything that you do. And even if your business is not the sort, you know, it's not shiny and sexy um you can be passionate about giving a great service or having a great uh, a, a great uh, product i want to actually shift if i may because i'm very conscious of i've got you here so i'm going to make the most of the time absolutely if I please do yes is to talk about the fact that you were able to um predict the pandemic and yes. uh, how a how that happened and how it panned out but how we can um, how the knowledge of being able to predict these things might be used in the future. Sure. So let, let's let's reframe that rather than say predict the pandemic. Let's say uh, I was able uh, with my team to identify the cycles that were going to recur that align with a potential pandemic. I think okay. it's, it's yep. a nicer way of putting it because we, we're not really fortune tellers. We just observe no, no. of human behavior. And what we saw there uh, was that just I'll just give you a, a quick overview was that uh, most people will be familiar with the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 to 1920 following the First okay. World War. And uh, if you go back another 100 years, uh, we went back to 1719 to 1724 and we saw the first cholera pandemic. It was known at where cholera broke out in Russia and Asia and spread across across Europe. And literally tens of millions of people die uh, have died from this virulent strain of cholera 
but you can take that back a, a further cycle and head to uh, America. And we got a, um, uh, in the um, 1700s, so that was the 18, uh, 1800s, the uh, cholera pandemic. Cholera, yeah. yeah. Uh, then the 17, uh, around about 1720, we saw a measles pandemic in the northeast part of uh, the settling part of America. And then you can go back again uh, a, a further 100 years and this is about the time of the settlement of Lewis, um, of, um, um, oh, sorry, I slipped my mind, the first, Jamestown, Jamestown. But there was also uh, a huge um, uh, smallpox pandemic that really wiped out a lot of the American first people. So this 100-year pattern is very clear, and you can take the midpoints of this. So, you know, if you take the 1620 pattern mm -hmm. midpoint, which is 1670, i.e. 50 years, well, you know, you, you will be familiar through history that we had the Black Death, the plague hit London. We had the Great Fire in 1666, which helped eradicate the plague and so on. So these do follow strict mathematical patterns. But let me add that that's the big 100 year yeah. cycle. Then we had a, a lesser um, 18 and a half year cycle. And what we did, saw is that that came in and that related back one revolution. So 18 and a half years back from the beginning of 2020, that took us back to SARS. Um, yeah. The next revolution back took us uh, all the way to uh, the discovery of HIV and uh, AIDS. And yeah. then the previous revolution back to Hong Kong flu. So what happens, we've got these big 100-year cycles coming together with this yeah. smaller cycle. And, and that's how we identified the potential for this huge, huge pandemic coming in. And we forewarned our followers at the Market Timing Report back in 2018 to expect something big coming up. Right. So, so that was that. And then, you know, um, so I, does, I think that answers your question about the pandemic, doesn't it? It does indeed. Yes. Yes. So carry on. Sorry, Gina. Yeah. Well, I was also going to say, I mean, the other thing that we haven't really spoken about in any great detail is the financial markets and sure. the cycles in, in those. Although you did talk about the recession in um, 2019 and, and going back. But I'd be really interested, and I'm sure our, our listeners and our viewers would be interested in, in terms of, of how they get to understand these patterns and in a sense protect themselves by having that understanding of these cycles that are coming through so let's take a look um i don't know if many people are aware but uh, the price of wheat has uh, gone up threefold in the last few weeks and especially yeah well in the last few weeks and this is due to uh fundamentally due to the situation with Ukraine, Ukraine being the fifth largest exporter of wheat. But what we did see two years ago was, and the wheat's been steadily creeping up for two years, and then suddenly it exploded uh, uh, mm. mid-month, uh, or just at the beginning of the month. But if we head back 50 years ago, um, this was the 50-year cycle we were highlighting, what mm -hmm. we saw here was the cost of commodities went up threefold suddenly, um at the uh, really at the at the very end of uh, well at the beginning of the 1970s and this was due to the russian famine okay okay russia suffered a famine and that not enough wheat was produced but this was exacerbated by the fact that the dollar weakened rapidly and that of course is bullish for commodity prices yeah so we're seeing something similar the dollar hasn't weakened yet but with sanctions being imposed on russia and counterplays are coming back in where the, these the sanctioned countries will now stop using dollars and demand ruble be used or yuan, then that is going to ultimately weaken the dollar. So these are the super macro cycles. And then we do have um, uh, 
uh, we hone these all the way down to micro cycles. We're able to identify individual weeks and and even days when markets will turn. And so, for example, we're expecting a big turn on gold and Bitcoin around about the second week of April this year and a significant turn in the stock market around about the week ending 15th July this year as well. Um, but in terms of the patterns, whilst the market's up at the moment, uh, we're following very much a pattern from 1962, the 60 year pattern, which effectively is three generations of 20 years. Now, geopolitically, uh, we saw the, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis take place mm -hmm. in October 1962. And the market pattern so far, uh, up until the last week, has been, you know, it made a low around about the same price it went up and then it sold off. So we're in a window where we might possibly see a bit of a sell off into possibly June. But having said that, we might have seen a, a, um, a reversal of that turning point. So, so we look for these sorts of patterns and nothing, you know, that history rhymes for sure. It doesn't always repeat. No. But it okay. can do. It can do. So for people who are unfamiliar with that, that, that phrase you've just used, that it rhymes rather than repeats, could you explain what that means? Sure. So what we see is that we see these time patterns and we see time windows and uh um, so, yeah, let me give you an example. So, you know, we, we were talking about war cycles and, uh, you know, years ending in one in each decade tend to see a degree of conflict. So, uh, and I won't go into all of them, but let's take 2001 where we saw the uh, attack on New York. And if you go back, I mean, there's been some conflict in years ending in one or two every decade. And you go all the way back to 1941. And on the 7th of December, Pearl Harbor was attacked. Mm -hmm. So those two points there, uh, 60 years apart are the only two times that America has been attacked on its own soil, if that makes sense. So, yes. so you can see that those points are very similar conceptually. But the rhyming part is that you can then sort of say, well, actually, in 1951, America was involved in the Korean War. You know, yeah. 1961, we saw the Bay of Pigs, which wasn't a success for uh, America. 1971 was actually um, uh, sort of the Vietnam War and uh, an escalation there. 1981 was actually 82, which involved Britain and the Falklands. And then 91 was Operation Desert Storm. So what we're seeing is conflicts, but the outcomes have been different in each of these cases. Some have been beneficial to one nation and, le and less beneficial to that other nation at other times. So history is repeating in the 10-year war cycle, but the victor isn't always the same person i.e the event rhymes but doesn't repeat no i find it really fascinating and i'm sure there are people who are listening to this who would like to know more about how they they can what you do for uh, for organizations and for governments and so on and how you can perhaps uh, help them how would people get hold of you okay well our main website really focuses around the market timing uh uh, scenario in our monthly report, the market timing report, and that is at markettimingreport.com. We do a degree of geopolitical commentary uh, as well as uh, to, uh, provide turning points for the markets. And, um, uh, you know, we, we do have businesses using this information for geopolitical strategy as well as obviously market uh, traders, investors, and hedge funds using that. But if there's more specific things that uh, um, you want, so all the cycles we've talked about, we've also covered in the report as part of the editorials. Um, uh, and so that's where we are, markettimingreport.com. And you can always get hold of us through there and through support at uh, actually the address is support at cyclesanalysis.com, which is the main company 
but market timing report is the easy one to remember and there is a contact us point there i think one of the interesting th I, mean, I find the whole thing fascinating is that there is no judgment about the cycles and i think that's quite helpful it's not about making anybody right or wrong it's just about here are the cycles be aware of them and then make your judgments based on your knowledge of previous cycles and the impact that those have had on various things and i think that's really helpful because so many people get into the judgment bit and it then becomes very foggy and you can't see the wood for the trees yes and i think you know one of the the situations there is that you, you know you're in a point if you understand cycles, but you know let, let, let's take uh, the uh, the installation of uh, President Trump became a very polarizing event for people and and there are strong supporters and strong detractors for that type of leadership and that type of personality. And nobody's right and nobody's wrong. you know you just have a view. Yes. You know, right now there are reasons that Russia is doing what it's doing under Putin and he has a view and it's it's there's a polar view there as well. Um, but you know that falls in the same pattern that took us to the outbreak of World War II and also the next revolution back was the Crimean War and the next revolution mm. back from that was the uh, American Revolutionary War. So we are in these war phases because people have a polarity of views. We get happy times when everybody's you know agreeing and abundant and generally happy and then we get conflict and that's it it's yin and yang and we bounce between them it's it is absolutely fascinating now um we've sort of rolled on and actually i've just been told we've got four minutes left in the show so i'm not going to go for a break uh, we're going to continue if i may but i'd like to just spend a minute b1g1 you made a choice in terms of one of the projects for this month and you chose clean water um you know we, we in the western world take clean water for granted don't we we go and we turn on the tap and we you know here have i got a glass of water i've just yeah. gone to the tap it's clean oh i know it's, yeah. it's safe um and so many people in the world still uh, their children are spending the whole day and the women uh, carrying water from a dirty uh, water source yeah. uh creating great problems with illness and so um, we will donate on your behalf 200 days of clean water uh, and this is where they create boreholes so they go right down to the aquifers right in this in, um, deep in the ground where the water has been filtered and is clean um, and we will we'll donate on your behalf towards creating a, a new borehole so that another village in, in um, Turkana will have access to clean water. The interesting thing is that by giving clean water in this way, you open all sorts of other opportunities. So instead of the children spending all of the time going to, uh, to uh, walk to the water with great pots on their head and come back, that enables them to get into education. And so instead of carrying water, they are able to uh, go and have a, some education, which then can start taking them out of poverty. And so your gift is very, very special. Now, if you're listening and you're a business owner and you're interested in B1G1, um, you'll find the, the uh, details of how you can get involved uh, within the show notes. So we've got literally two minutes left. And it's just come up on, on, on my notes. So 
Andrew, in terms of how you use these, uh, the knowledge of the cycles, can you perhaps just share with people how they might use those in an everyday way to help them live the best life that they might? Yeah, sure. So see things as they are. Uh, um, right now, for example, the media is very intense. St steer away from it. Focus on what it is you want and uh, the outcomes you want and desire. And don't be detracted by all the noise that's around you. So it's more about consciousness. And that was one of the reasons we chose water, because water represents consciousness. Yes. And what you'll find is that the more in tune you become with consciousness and the less noise you're getting fired at you, the more you're going to align with the natural positive cycles that just rotate around the universe. That seems to me just such good advice. I think that there's so much white noise. You know, take yourself off into the garden or into a local park and just be quiet. I think we should be called human doings and not human beings because we very rarely choose to be beings <laughs> and just allow ourselves to tune into our, our inner consciousness. So, Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a fascinating show. Um, thank you for listening or watching. Do share because remember everybody who, um, as, as the, the program is shared, we also donate uh, on that basis to B1G1. Thank you very much for joining us on the show um, and do have a great week. Be the leader of your own life. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.